Hey guys, welcome to Tom Talks. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about government collapses right around the corner. What I learned from my luncheon with Betsy Price. Mortal Kombat Texas Edition. Your market update for 2023. And how do you mess up a parking lot? <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the show. My name is Tom Jung. I'm your host. And I'm Jack Lizenby, co-host. And this is our show about Fort Worth and a little bit of everything. So uh, we are local real estate agents. If you are looking to buy or sell, we'd love to work with you. You can find us at TomsTexasRealty.com on Facebook and Instagram at TomsTexasRealty and also on TikTok at Tom.Things. Also, if you are um, if you are in the market, thinking about being in the market, we're starting to release our uh, neighborhood tours on YouTube. So I know we, we briefly mentioned that, but we have been going around to different places. Uh, I can tell you the first few videos are a little bit rough and they're getting better. So, <laughs> so hopefully the content's good enough, yeah. but the, uh, uh, yeah, I feel like they'll get better over time. Yeah. Just put your critiques down in the comments. Yeah. Yeah. Put them there. We'll read them. <laughs> we'll take it with a grain of salt. We know it's rough. So, yeah. uh, anyways, what are we kicking it off with today? So we had a very interesting thing happen and it seems like nobody knows about it. Um, they shut down city hall in Godley. Oh no! And for those of you who may not be too familiar with where Godley is, like if you're living in Frisco or something, it's uh, southwest of Fort Worth by about what half an hour. Yeah, maybe. probably. There's only like 20 companies there, so why not? You probably know. Yeah, it's it, there's only like there's only like 2,000 people. But I mean, so it's it's ironic because they are so small is the reason they ended up uh, shutting down. So. All operations have stopped except fire and police. They've told everyone, like, if you have a package you need to deliver, give it to the police. If you have a water or sewage emergency, give it to the fire department, or I think it's actually vice versa. And then, like, any complaints, they're like, just send it straight to the attorney general's office. Wow. Like, Sounds like a place Ron Swanson would love to live. Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> heck, their mayor hasn't showed up to the last two meetings, apparently, and some of the council members haven't either. Uh, so they just put up signs on the, the thing saying that they shut down. Interesting. Um, they had a, a big wave of uh, resignations last month. And all of this was just it, – it, it all just came to a front because of the, uh, the, ma the amount of growth that Godley has seen being as close as it is to, like, Burleson, Crowley, and DFW. It's exploded with growth, if you're not familiar. Over the last, I don't know, three, four years? Yeah. Once Chisholm Trail opened, it, like you can get – you were surprised at this. I was like, yeah, you can get yeah. to Fort Worth in like 25 minutes. You yeah, can... it blew my mind. I thought it was like a 45-minute or some odd drive. And yeah. So there's was... – sorry. Yeah, no, there's nothing there. But now you can buy a house on a, a decent-sized piece of land and not be that far out. So mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the big appeal. Yeah, and it's just they haven't grown – they didn't grow with their population, uh, like the, their their systems, the amount of people. Just, it was just overwhelming, and people burnt out. They all started quitting, and once the big guys like the police chief and um, uh, their city attorney and their court clerk and all these other people ended up quitting, it was just resignation city. Everyone, you know, dipped out. Wow. They shut the doors. So what's is there any plan for opening it back up? So there, do they need a government? <laughs> we're gonna see. So right now, the biggest issue that people are worried about is utility billing. So mm -hmm. they they obviously don't. There's no one there to accept the billing, and they don't want their utilities to be shut off. So everything's going uh -huh. in through the police department right now. They're not going to be processing any uh, billing. Uh, like they shouldn't be shutting off any services for failure to pay. And they're also not – since the police are inundated with 
essentially administrative work from the central government. They're also not processing any warrants until this gets sorted out. Uh, the next meeting is going to be February 7th. So it's right around the corner. But <laughs> this may be like make or break for a lot of people if they're not able to get a hold of their local government. Wow. Well, I'm going to go ahead and nominate Daryl Scroggins for the new mayor. <laughs> he's a he's a builder down there, super nice guy. Okay, cool. I think, I think he lives in Godly, so uh, he's one of the you know 20 businesses that exist. <laughs> but uh, dude, that is so crazy. Well, hopefully, hopefully some people step up. Um, and speaking of government, uh, leads right into my luncheon today. Uh, I was fortunate enough to hear Betsy Price speak, and if you're not familiar with who that is, she was the mayor of Fort Worth for 10 years. And I learned a lot today. So the um, one, of, one of the big things is people are not involved enough in local politics where you can actually, I feel like, make the most difference. Everybody gets so involved in the, you know, the, yeah. the president and everything else. But if you really want to affect change, this is one of the best ways to do it. And I, I didn't know a whole lot about Betsy Price beforehand, and she told us a lot about her history and and I have mad respect for whether you agree or disagree with some of her policies or whatnot, but the fact that you got to think about, and I didn't have the opportunity to ask her, I was really curious about this, but you got to think, this is a lady that came in and it's like coming into a new company and you have to work with everybody, whether they're good or not. Like usually mm -hmm. to get to get a lot of things done, it requires good people. Well, I feel like in government, there are no good people. <laughs> yeah, like you may have a you may have a handful, but for the most part, you know, it's like mm -hmm. so the challenges in dealing with that on top of everything else, and uh, so mad respect. She was apparently known as like a fixer even before she became mayor, and uh, so, anyways, I wanted to share some of the things that she shared with us because I, I had no idea. I thought it was really interesting, and uh, a little bit of it is about what's the future is going to look like for Fort Worth. So the the first thing that really kind of blew my mind is uh, she talked about education being our biggest problem right now in Fort Worth, which I think that's fair. And um, one of the things she mentioned is one of the biggest benchmarks for a kid graduating high school and being successful in life is being able to read at a third grade level when they're in third grade. Right. And in my mind, I was like, that's got to be a pretty simple thing. Like, I was just learning. To, like, I feel like we learned multiplication in, in third grade. I was like, I don't know. I feel like you don't like. Yeah, you don't really use much math beyond that. Yeah. But uh, surprisingly, at least when she came in to office, the, that benchmark was extremely low in Fort Worth. And it's still something that we struggle with, but it's getting better. But I, so I started looking into this and I was like, I'm curious And a lot of these studies were done about 10 years ago. And basically it, it said if, if you're not reading at a third grade level by the time you're in third grade, one in six of those kids would not graduate high school. And the further down you went, the less likely you were going to graduate high school. Wow, those big numbers. Yeah, and so she said one of the most important, like one of the things that she did every week, even though she has all these other responsibilities, is she would go to a school and read to her students, which is just like, to me, I was like, that's awesome. That's like crazy. You're this busy. And that's so important that you take the time to do that. And she basically challenged everybody. She said, it's not, it's not the mayor has to show up. She's like just an adult. The <laughs> fact that an adult shows up, reads, tells you it's important. She's like a lot of times that's enough. 
Second thing was she talked about neighborhood focus. So one of the things that they implemented while she was there is focusing on one neighborhood. I can't remember if she said like a quarter or per year or whatever, but basically the, so this is crazy. So they did uh, a study on one of the neighborhoods over in 76104. That's like mm-hmm. um, Rosedale, Stop 6, one of our, I guess, areas that need the most help. And <clears throat> she was all about like uh, also like general health for Fort Worth. And so one of the things that they discovered was 62% of lights, like city lights were out. And she was they were like how is this possible like how do we not know this and then so they started talking to residents and they're like well we thought you guys would just survey them at some point and then fix them and like there was just no general checkup yeah yeah and, wow. and they're like no no you tell us we come fix it and that's how it works but like nobody knew that right i mean most people don't know what 311 is so yeah your non-emergency like service line yeah and for so fort worth also has i think they have an app where you can report all of these things so it's very like they've They've actually done a lot there. And so, but she talked about this, this seems kind of trivial, just lights. Like, okay. Right. Well, but the impact that it actually has on a community, which which I never even thought about was huge because she would talk about, okay, so well, people didn't feel safe because there were no lights. Mm -hmm. And so once we got all the lights fixed, people would get back out and obviously they start putting sidewalks in and fixing the roads. She goes, people get to know their neighbors. And then all of a sudden, it's not so scary. Neighbors are looking out for each other. They know people by name. Mm-hmm. And people get outside and they're healthy again, you know, getting that vitamin D, also yeah. moving around a little bit instead of staying in their house all the time. Yeah, they can stay out later too. Yeah. And so just like the, you know, just a small thing like that, you know, and basically the point of that story that she told us was like, she's like, we don't live in these communities. And, you know, everybody thinks of a politician running in different circles. They do. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, we only know what's going on when people tell us. She's like, so if there's something going on, send an email to your representative. And she goes, in Fort Worth, we categorize everything. So she goes, it may be two, two years after you send an email, but you may get a phone call and say, hey, you sent an email two years ago about this. Mm. <laughs> tell me more about that. Uh, so I'm not saying they're efficient about right. getting everything done, but they are. Working their way down the stack. Exactly. So. Anyways, I thought that was very interesting. And then the last part of it was uh, there's there's a lot of other cool stuff, but just the future of Fort Worth. Uh, we were asking what that's going to look like, and she is super pumped about the partnership with A and M and what that's going to mean. So apparently, they we've talked about this. They're building that campus downtown. I don't. I think that building's going up right now. I think there's one. Yeah, there's the new Ball Campus. Yeah, and um, but apparently the. The wow, what do you call the guy that runs the the uh, school? Oh, the uh, dean, the superintendent, the principal. The super, no, the deans run each of the individual schools, but yes, there's yeah. somebody over the top. Anyways, no I, idea. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, apparently she went to meet with him. He was so excited. He brought all the deans in for when she arrived, and they they were basically. She's like, we need to have a tier one research center. She's like, we're a major city. We don't have one. And so A&M was like, that's a perfect spot for it to be. And so they've got like three city blocks. And then I believe uh, somebody else owns a couple other around there, and they're going to donate it to A&M. So basically a and going to have a pretty large campus when it's all said and done in downtown Fort Worth. And she also mentioned there's more apartments coming and condos downtown. And um, 
<laughs> they did ask about what was going on with Sundance Square. Mm-hmm. She's like, uh, I'm not really going to talk about that. That's more <laughs> like a feud going on in the yeah. Bass family. And once they work that out, it'll be fine. But she thinks it'll probably come to a come to come to head here pretty soon. Just with the Panther Island and all of that, mm-hmm. they're gonna have to figure their stuff out. So. Yeah, there's a lot coming that way. Yeah, but uh, very interesting. She's very uh, very energetic lady and doing a lot of positive things. So. That's really cool though, because it's it's I'm glad to see that somebody like that isn't just you know dropping the mantle after they um after somebody else picks up the torch that they're actually still actively involved in the community and making these relations and things possible making things happen yeah absolutely that's that's a mark of a good leader right there yep um another mark of a good leader is uh you know no one to hold them no one to fold them and in texas we are known for that in a more physical manner um, we were okay. the spaghetti westerns, wild west, nothing sure. but high noon gun violence. Mm-hmm, well, um, mm-hmm. a lot of those laws have gone to the wayside, but there's one of them that actually stuck around, and it's the law of mutual combat. It's not as crazy as it sounds either. Okay. So Texas is one of two states, the other one being Washington, that still allows disputes to be settled with combat. So okay. not trial by combat. That's something else. I don't know enough about that to speak <laughs> on it. But two willing, consenting, and knowledgeable or uh, level-headed adults can settle their disputes with violence in Texas under a couple of stipulations. And I'm not a lawyer. I'm not advocating for this. But, you know, if you see two people duking it out, maybe look the other way. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are... If both parties are unarmed and uh, of sound mind and there is no uh, serious bodily injury or threat of serious bodily injury, then they can duke it out, essentially. Okay. So the way this works generally is uh, if two people get in a fight, like a bar fight or something like that, they take it off the establishment because fighting on the private property – you know, you could be sure. charged. But if you decide, like, That's hey. That's why you want to take this outside? Yeah, That's like, let's take this from? outside. I don't like you. You don't like me. Our fists seem to like each other's face. So, you know, ah, okay. settle this like men. And then, you know, you beat the crap out of each other. If you do end up getting arrested, what is supposed to happen, and this takes a lot of trust from the guy that you just got in a fight with, if they, if you get charged with assault, the other person is supposed to say, we consented to this, and that is your defense. Hmm. And it only works in Texas and in Washington. I'm not sure about the stipulations in Washington State, but here in Texas, as long as you meet those requirements and uh, you know the other person admits you know, consent to this interaction, then it's okay. You both go home with a couple of bruises and a sore neck, and you call it a day. Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, yeah, it's the way it should be. Did you watch uh, Yellowstone? No, I have not. Oh, man, okay. There's, there's, there's many times in that where there's a conflict, and they just duke it out until they're tired, and they're like, oh, we're buddies again. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's a thing. And then, uh, man, yeah. They, they used to be the thing back in the day, too. Mm-hmm. Like, my dad has like 30 broken bones. I know some yeah. of them are sports related, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure some of them are from fighting. Don't get me wrong. Like fighting is no joke. You t- you knock out somebody and they go headfirst into concrete. That might be the end of it. That's true. But that's a that's part of the thing is the acknowledgement of the risk of to, you know, yourself and your potential career is actually outlined in the um, the the statute itself. Uh, there's also stipulations for if it is your occupation, like with boxers or MMA fighters, and explicitly says that 
gang initiation is not one of the stipulations. So if you guys like line everyone up on a wall and, you know, take turns slugging their stomachs, you know, yeah. as part of some, you know, hazing ritual doesn't count. You can still get arrested for that. So okay, don't, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, uh, speaking of throwing punches, our market has uh, taken a hit over mm-hmm. the past year. And it's got a lot of people wondering if it's a good time to buy a house or not. Like that transition. That was, that was really smooth. good. That okay, was really right. good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyways, it's been uh, it's been a minute since we did a market update, so I thought it'd be a good time to jump in there and um, kind of give everybody a, a feel for what's going on because I've, I'm getting the question a lot from different buyers. And uh, is it a good time to buy? It's always a good time to buy. Just really, I feel like that's always the answer. The real mm-hmm. question is, is it a good time to buy whatever it is that you're looking at buying? Right. It's better to have a house than rent a house, always. Because if you look over time, house prices always go up. So they're not, yeah. Anyways, uh, so just to reiterate this point, I pulled some data, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Because if you look over the, the past six months, house prices have been on the decline. And But if you take, uh, if you take a look at January of 2022, Average price was three forty for a house. At the end, December, average was three sixty one. So in the middle of the year, prices always go up and they come back down. So it's always like this rolling mm-hmm. hill that's you know slowly like, trending upwards. Slowly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, so anyways, I think I still think I've talked about this before that we had like this artificial hump at the beginning of the year where everybody was like, okay, let's get ready for another crazy year. Mm-hmm. And then it took off and everybody, and everybody else was like, you guys are crazy. We're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and so it did go a little bit further this year than it should have, but I think it's starting to level out And the kind of some of the indicators that I'm seeing is the days on market. We're averaging 34 days on market. So that's that's a decent amount of time before it was like uh, three days, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and we have three months worth of inventory. So, you know, if you if you tuned into these market updates before balanced market, you've got six months worth of inventory, which means if we stop listing today, we'd run out in six months. Three months is very healthy. This is about what it was in 2018, 2019, uh, right around that time. I think 2017 was just under three. So we're in a healthy area right now. And. Uh, except for under 300,000. If you look at under 300,000, there's only two months worth of inventory. That that stuff still moves really fast. It's super competitive still. So again, it depends on what you're buying. But the other thing that was kind of interesting is the 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 more expensive homes, 500 and up, it's more competitive for those homes now than it has been over the past five years. I mean, with the exception of 2021. Right. Uh, but... Like it's the market is still in great shape, and you know the I I attribute this to I guess a couple of things. Number one, housing prices always go up because we're always printing more money. So you always have inflation. People start making more. Incomes go up. Like everything trends upwards. If if you look over time, it's just it's, yeah, it's, it's way it's always been. It's no one's benefit for it to trend downwards. Yeah, exactly. And so it doesn't. Um, and. If you look at all the factors, the only the only the only thing we don't have good data on is incomes. If incomes went up significantly over the last two years, then our market's right where it should be. If they didn't, as I suspect they didn't, um, just because usually that usually lags behind everything else. But if if it didn't, then we our market is a little bit overpriced. Now the other thing, the other factor 
that I was thinking about today was what about credit? Like I've, I've started to hear in the news cycles, ah, consumer credit's up and you know the amount of debt that they're carrying. Well, again, that's all of how you look at the information because you could say consumer debt is up every year because if you look at the trend, it always goes up because of inflation and everything else. So um, if you adjust consumer debt for inflation, I found a very comprehensive graph about this. It's actually right on par with what it has been over the last few years. Uh, it, however, that chart did not have the last two quarters of 2022. So unless there was some crazy stuff that happened in the last two quarters, I don't know that that's gonna be a huge thing that's gonna derail our housing right. either. Yeah, so anyways, I, I think we're getting, I think we're about back to where we should be and there's still a healthy demand. The number of houses selling is right on track with what it used to be. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's as scary anymore. Just the interest rates are scary. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's not a fun number to look at, no lie. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, an even less fun number to look at would be uh, 3.5 million, especially if it was a negative number. And that was the reality for one uh, developer whenever he hired a contractor in Parker County. Okay. So there was um, there was a developer. He was trying to build a RV lot out in Parker County, and he had hired a contractor. Okay. And this guy had put in a bid for three point five million dollars for the for the project. So it was going to be a very sizable, very large one. Yeah, yeah. very okay. large. Um, and everything was going according to plan. He went out there. He cleared the lot. He um, he uh, did all of the initial like landscaping and excavation and stuff like that. And then suddenly he just doesn't show up anymore. Mm. So obviously this guy, he's three million and three and three and a half million dollars lighter. He goes looking and is unable to contact this guy. So they go ahead, put out a warrant for his arrest, and he was actually arrested last Friday. And turns out this guy has been giving everyone the runaround. So really, this contractor, he went and spent all the money on uh, past projects and past clients, on past debts, jewelry, art, animals, heavy equipment, food, all these personal expenses and stuff like that. So whenever they brought the guy in, he had two bank accounts under his name. One had six, about $600 in it. The other one had about $55 in it. Oh, dang. Yeah. So He was like Ponzi scheming it with Yeah, basically. Jobs. And um, so this guy, he ended up having to go and hire another. And this wasn't just the end of like how screwed up this was. This okay. guy had to go and hire another contractor to complete the job who bid him at $3 million. So he was already being overbid or overpriced by on the original guy by half a million dollars. Okay. And then on top of that, the guy, um, he... He pulled out all the materials and stuff for the job under the victim's name. So now the companies are all putting liens on this project, on this property, because they never got paid mm. for their materials that they gave him. Oh, And the materials dang. are nowhere to be found. <laughs> so, wow. Okay, first of all, <laughs> first of all, let's break this down. The guy was an idiot. It was just handed over three and a half million dollars mm -hmm. without the like. Usually, that's done in stages. It's like a right, right. Okay, so it wasn't all at once. I will say that. So over the course of him clearing and excavating the lot and everything, he yeah. amassed three point five million dollars. Man, that's so crazy. Okay, and so he got done, and then everybody else that was out money was like, "Well, you're gonna owe us 
the money. Mm -hmm. Wow, that sucks. Yeah, and see, the thing is, whenever they dug into this guy, um, the, the the contractor, he had over 16 failed LLCs under his name. Wow. So a little bit of digging might have saved this guy some what headache. What was his name? Uh, his last name was Parker, and if you in Parker County. Yes, oh. and if you if you Google it, you'll find it. But I'm I don't want to say anything okay. for okay. You know. I haven't ran across this guy before. Um, <laughs> no, I've I've met some shady folks before, and you know if you learn early to stay away, and like hey, something's off. I'm not I'm not going down that hole. Right, and I'm just like it's it's crazy that somebody gets away with something like this because like contractors, they're they are so varied and widely spread. You can get great ones, you can get terrible ones. There's no licensing in Texas. There's yeah, there's no vetting process. There's not like a background like cuz even if there was, it's not like they're going to give you points of contact for like projects that they messed up. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, this is the guy whose house I accidentally leveled. Why don't yeah. you give him a call? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> they're not they're not going to they're That's not going to give me a good uh, review. What's uh, what's the name of the RV parking? Is it done? Uh, no. So it's uh. they're they're still working out because they can't move forward until these liens are taken care of. Dang. So right now it's it's just a big blank piece of dirt right now. Um, Boy. Yeah, they've got some trenches dug out as far as I know, but they haven't even put in like rough plumbing or anything yet. Yeah, I would have said, hey, let's give the guy a sh shout out. He needs right. Some income, but... <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that yeah. sucks. There's, well, there's a couple articles out there. I'm sure he's getting some good visibility one way or the other. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully they work it all out. But <laughs> uh, dang, that sucks. Well, um, yeah. On that heavy <laughs> note, <laughs> best of luck, man. Yeah. And if uh, you don't want to have a bad situation like that happen to you, you should call us before you you know buy your next house or sell it so if you're looking to buy or sell remember to keep calm call tom and uh <laughs> thanks for tuning in we'll see you guys next week